Is a solar electric vehicle in your future? That's our destination. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from Aptera, A-P-T-E-R-A, is co-CEO Steve Fambro. Hi, Steve. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Well, tell us a little history to begin with for our viewers and listeners, a little history about the company. Well, Aptera started really as a project uh, that became all-consuming. And I wanted to figure out a way to turn it into a business. And that was to build the most efficient vehicle. And the reason why I wanted to be the most efficient is I wanted to make it electric. And at the time, there weren't a lot of electric car options. In fact, you had to convert a car yourself to, uh, to get an electric car, and they didn't go very far. And uh, as an engineer, I studied why that was, and I soon realized it was because of drag and weight. And so I set out to design a car with minimum drag and minimum weight so that I could go a long ways with very few batteries. And this was how long ago that the idea first was germinating? The first germinating, well, we started the, the first company in 2006, uh, but it was probably two years of work before that, uh, of the, the project, so to speak, in my garage, um, where, you know, before I had children, uh, so I was able to, you know, do read books and spread out my drawings on the living room floor and do calculations and drink coffee all day and, you know, do like have that kind of productivity. Um, and that lasted for about two years till I decided to uh, hey, look, you know, I, I, I need to other people would want this, too. I've got to figure out a way to make this into a business. And all these years later, tell us where things are today. Well, uh, we've, we are this close uh, from having uh, production release of our Delta vehicle. That's a vehicle that uh, we're going to build. We've got, um, we've got supply agreements in place with uh, all, virtually all of the vehicle, especially the big important stuff like battery and body and motors and things like that. Um, we're at about 100 employees uh, we're, we're fundraising for the next step of getting into manufacturing. Um, and the vehicle is just at a level of, uh, a level of design and engineering that, uh, was unbelievable a few years ago. We've got over 36, 37,000 orders, about $1.4 billion worth of product. And, uh, people can go and reserve one on our website at terra.us or, or even invest if they wanted. So we're in a good position. You can get in line for uh, $100 or so? Yes, $100 uh, to reserve a vehicle, which is uh, pretty pretty common with a lot of the EVs. Right. So this is different. This is a, a three-wheeled vehicle, technically a motorcycle? It's technically a motorcycle. Uh, but really, the reason it has three wheels is because of efficiency. You know, we wanted to... Uh, demonstrate the very best of thinking in terms of minima, minimalization, low drag, lightweight. Um, and so you question everything. You really go back to first principles. Why do you need four wheels? Why does it need to have this? You know, why does it need to have that? And when you do that and let math and science sort of dictate the shape, uh, then it, it ends up looking like this. So two passengers, right? Yes, two passengers and a lot of cargo. I think 26 cubic feet cargo, um, almost twice as much as a trunk of, you know, like a Model 3 or a Lucid or something like that. Uh, seven feet long, that uh, that uh, trunk? Uh, that yeah, right? you, can lay, you can lay down, you can, you can, 
You can lie bodies in the trunk. <laughs> you can lie people. I was going to say for, for camping, <laughs> for car camping, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly it. There's a tent option, um, and so when you when you pop up the uh, the rear and you have the tent, I mean, you can you can stretch out, you can sit up. It's it's an extraordinary amount of space inside uh, that vehicle. And will you allow some kind of climate control as well while it's not rolling? Yes. I mean, that's one of the interesting uh, discussions that came from our our trip to the Middle East uh, a week or so ago, is that with this abundance of energy that we produce, you know, some areas, some cultures, yeah, they, they may want the 30, 40 miles a day. Uh, but in some places, they would rather use that energy to just always get into a cool car. You know, they don't have to wait on having the vehicle cool that it it can begin cooling either on a schedule or when it you know when it detects you're walking near it um and start cooling and you always ensure that you get into a nice cool vehicle tell us about the range on on these vehicles well the 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 bottom the lowest entry model uh 250 mile range has got a 25 26 kilowatt hour battery pack so the range goes from 250 miles up to a thousand miles uh, we're focusing on the 400 mile version first. Uh, I think that's the first one that we're bringing to market. Uh, and that is, uh, what I think the most popular in terms of, uh, options that people choose, but uh, that's a solid 400 miles with only, I think of like a, a 43 kilowatt hour pack. So it's a fraction of the pack of most electric vehicles, but it'll go uh, 400 miles. Well, here we are nearing the end of 2022. Is 2023 finally going to be the year that uh, an Aptera is delivered to your customers? Everything is lining up uh, for that. Obviously, you know, there's there's the market, there's fundraising and, and making sure we keep that on schedule. Uh, but as long as we keep on the fundraising schedule, then there should be no problem doing that. Uh, the, the vehicle, if... If we maintain the schedule, the vehicle will begin being built next year. So what have been the biggest challenges that uh, you have overcome and the biggest ones that you're facing? Uh, challenges most always have been with people. And I, I say that like being trained as an engineer, you know, before I was a manager, uh, an executive um, engineering school, you know, I, I learned how to deal with electrons and electrons follow simple rules and, uh, people are like random electrons with their own thoughts and actions and things that drive them. Uh, and everyone is different. And so you, you, you try and have as many common rules as you can, but really at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not the military or it's not, uh, you know, some, uh, dictatorship, the people there are there on their own free will and they have agency. They can go to any place they want. So you have to work with individuals uh, to build consensus, to get them on board, um, you know, rather than uh, ruling by sort of dictate. And that requires an overhead, you know, of effort, of, of thought, of time. And I would think I was just, in general, I was unprepared for uh, how much that takes, you know, in the military, it's easy. You know, someone can issue an order. You all see a common vision and goal, and you you charge the hill. You do whatever it takes. But in the civilian world, it, it's it's very different. The biggest challenge, I think, has just been the ongoing challenge is working with people to keep them motivated and pointed in the right direction. Uh, future challenges, I think, is 
it's both, I think, keeping the fundraising to our schedule, but also I think it'll be responding to the growth as quickly as we can. You know, that we, we had no idea that we had pre-sell 37,000 vehicles. And so now we have to build them. Now we have to fulfill the demand. And I think doing that in a, in a timely way is going to be the, the big challenge ahead of us. And when you are, it's a certain geographic area that you're focusing on first to deliver these? Yes. Uh, North America, United States and Canada and within the United States, you're looking at some of the, the Western states, uh, a few Southern states. I, I can't tell you the exact um, the exact list of states, but there is a list and it has to do with uh, state regulations, ease of entering the marketplace, et cetera. So something, you know, it, it, it's aligned with not only the pre-order numbers, but with regulations that make our entry into the market as risk-free um, as possible to minimize any problems at launch. And you want to build these pretty affordably. Tell me about that. Well, the, 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 lowest, the lowest price vehicle that's on our website, I think, is around $26,000. Now, most people, over half of the orders are for configurations above $40,000. So uh, some people might see the low price and, and are attracted to it. And I think Moving forward, we want to uh, we want to uh, not only address that market, but figure out what tools we have to bring to bear to to really make it a cost competitive vehicle and lower the price as much as we can. But in the short term, most of the orders are for forty thousand dollars and up. About fifteen percent, I think, are for fifty thousand dollars and up. So people overwhelmingly are choosing the bigger batteries and the all wheel drive and and some of the premium options. Uh, but our our mission uh, long term is to be able to produce these vehicles and make uh, to make them affordable for everybody because we want to we want solar electric vehicles to proliferate and the way you do that is you make them affordable. What are your thoughts about uh, the driver assistance systems, uh, driverless capabilities? Or is, is that something you're looking to add as well? We we are uh, currently testing a level two system, ADAS and uh, if that makes it into the first year of production, it'll be it'll be no more than level two. We're we're not a full self-driving company. We don't have that expertise, and that's not what our specialty is. Our specialty is solar and aerodynamics and lightweight and efficiency. So, to the extent that we can deliver uh, a level two system, we will. We're testing it now; it has very good results, and I'm testing one in my vehicle. We have the them uh, configured with some of the vehicles at Aptera, but. Um, I can't promise anything more than level two. How much fun is it to drive one of these around in, in your vehicle? You must get, you must get stopped a lot. Yeah, it, that's a really good point. I, I'm, uh, even though I'm, I'm a you know, co-CEO and I have a very public role and I have to deal with uh, groups of people at a time, I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. And so it takes energy for me to be extroverted. It's not my normal self. Uh, and so I, I always, when I drive the vehicle, I, I, I try and arrange it. So I'm not at long stops or in parking lots with people that'll want to come up and talk to me sometimes, you know, I might just want to get in and, you know, go to Trader Joe's and get something. If, if you drive the vehicle, you, you have to have your, uh, your public persona hat on because people are going to talk to you. They're going to want to ask you questions. They want to know about it. Um, you can't just pull in somewhere go do something and hop back in and go. It's just, it's not going to let you do that. It's an attention getter for sure. Not Apparently there's least, people that like that. 
<laughs> not until everyone has one, right? And, right. Then it'll be old so, hat. So tell us what your thoughts are about some of the competition that you're facing. So I've gotten some publicity of late, the Scion, and, and I guess the, there are others as well. What advantages think, do you feel you have here? Well, uh, first off, you know, uh, Scion, Lightyear, uh, we, we're all birds of a feather, right? We're all trying to do the same thing, bring solar mobility to the marketplace. And uh, I I know some of that management team, I've met them, I, I wish them all the luck and, and I hope they do the same because there's, there's enough solar mobility applications for us all out there to thrive. And, and we really believe that. Um, I think uh, that vehicle is designed uh, in Germany for uh, higher density city environments where I think it'll thrive. Uh, shorter distances and maybe more narrow roads. And so they have sort of a mission profile that fits the, that use case in Germany. Uh, the Aptera really shines at long distances. And, you know, I've lived in Germany for a, a while, for five years. And I, I love, you know, taking the trains to go to work and riding my bike. And um, you know, it's great. But Germany is the size of Oregon, uh, comparatively speaking, the United States. So it's, it's much easier to have train network, uh, S-Bahn, U-Bahns, you know, built out. The United States isn't like that. We've got very long distances to travel just to, you know, take your kids to dance, softball, that kind of stuff. You might drive you know, 60 miles in a day or, or 100 miles or so on a weekend if you're shuttling kids around to soccer games. So they're two fundamentally different mission profiles. And ours is built for the American profile, which is long distance driving high speed. And in that regime, Aptera is going to shine. Tell us what the consumers should know about this. I mean, it does have the solar panels, but you're not necessarily going to be driving on the power from the sun all the time, right? Yeah, the way to think about it is like a trickle charge. You know, you're you're getting a trickle charge from the sun up to 40 miles a day. Now, if, if you drive less than 40 miles, then you'll never need to plug it in. But if you drive 50 or 60 miles a day, and you have the 400 mile pack, you might have to plug it in once a month or once every couple of months. So it's really a way of, of freeing people from the tether of the cord. Uh, so they don't have to charge every day. They don't have to charge every week. They might charge, you know, once every couple of months if they have to charge at all. Uh, so that, that's the best way to think about it is, is this trickle charge. That's about the same amount that you'd use in a normal day so that you, you could be kind of net net. Never need to plug it in. Is cold weather a problem? Cold weather affects batteries, of course, uh, and their performance. And our battery is is climate controlled. So even though it's cold outside, our battery won't know it. It's kept at an optimum temperature to keep it happy and keep it most efficient. Um, but it should not present any uh, further problem to Aptera than it would any other vehicle. And uh, the solar panels wouldn't be affected by by the cold, maybe the snow, but not the cold. No, uh, in fact, in our lab, uh, it, it our solar building, uh, some of the equipment that we have that tests the panels, you know, one of them, I think, tests in a, a, a cycling freeze and then hot environment, another in sort of a UV, like it compresses 10 years of UV into five days. That's how intense it is. And so... You know, part of our testing regimen, besides maybe the videos you've seen of slam, you're shooting ice balls into it and dropping steel balls on it and things like that. Uh, part of that is in these sort of extreme temperature cycles in the test chambers. So it is designed for those temperature extremes that you'd, you'd expect any normal vehicle to operate in. 
you've had backers for for quite some time. So what do you tell people who wonder why does it take so long or they they're impatient and they they want to get a vehicle? Well, building vehicles is hard, uh, and everybody knows that. Um, I think when you when you look at what we will have spent in terms of dollars and time, um, we will have produced a road vehicle, a very safe road vehicle with with airbags, with uh, with good crash safety, with great performance and reliability. We will have designed and brought that vehicle to market for a fraction of the cost of any comparable vehicle out there. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. That's maybe the uh, the focus of a different uh, a different podcast or different interview. But I think when you look at the big picture, Aptera compared to everyone else, we will have spent a tenth or less in terms of money and a fraction of the time. It's really been, you know, I would say three years since we restarted the company, but a large part of that first year was just me and Chris and me part-time and Chris full-time. So, you know, once we had funding and once we started hiring up, it's been only two years and the vehicle is, you know, 95%. Uh, complete in terms of design release. Some things are 100%, but I mean, like in total, you know, there's still brackets and some small things that have to be ironed out, but it's 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 at the point almost of 100% design completion. It will be by the end of the year, and we will have done so in less than two years and less than $100 million. That, that's amazing. It is. How have you been able to maintain the optimism over the years that this is really going to happen? I imagine that could be challenging. I I don't know if it's mine and Chris's personality. You know, we're both, uh, I mean, as an engineer, I'm kind of a hired skeptic. You know, engineers want to find ways that things will break and want to find reasons for stuff not to work. But that's that's not my nature. I always, in my nature, I think Chris too, we always find a way. You know, we have our whole life uh, for whatever event has happened uh, to us or anything that we were a part of, we've always found a way. And uh, I think it's just a part of our nature is to, is to say, look, you know, we, we, we believe this can be done. And if you can, if you can believe it can be done, then that's the first step. You know, Henry Ford said, whether you, uh, whether believe you can or you can't, you're right. And I, I believe in that uh, mental outlook immensely. It has, it, it, Everything is based on that. If if the senior leadership uh, doesn't believe it's possible, then it's not going to happen. So, do you expect some or any of the big guys, from Tesla to GM to Ford, who knows, are going to jump into this? I, if they did, it would be a wait and see approach. I think they'd want to see traction in the marketplace and how well it's doing. I, I. I generally don't think so. And the reason why is there's a, the automotive industry is, is, uh, is full of egos. And uh, part, of, part of that ego, egoic nature of the industry is this, they suffer from a not invented here syndrome. And if, it, if an idea or a thought doesn't really originate within those walls, and it does, it's very hard for it to get momentum up above that. So I, I mean, I there know. has I, been movement when it comes to EVs, obviously, with some of the legacy car makers. Yes, no doubt. Volkswagen is a great example. You know, they're besides Tesla, I think they're they're one of the largest in terms of uh, a number of man- vehicles that they manufacture, EVs that they manufacture. 
you look at GM and some of the other efforts, it, they feel kind of half-hearted, but certainly Volkswagen appears all in uh, Nissan as well. Um, I think there's, there's a thinking within automotive still that's highly regimented to, you know, the vehicle. It, it has to have four corners and it has to look like how vehicles look. And I think it would take a, a massive leap or some direction from the top for them to deviate from that. So would it be an organic product that their design team came up with? No, but could some, uh, you know, audacious CEO of one of these companies mandate a project like that? That could, that could always happen. So for more info, maybe to put down uh, that deposit, where should people go? Aptera.us. It's up behind me right there. It's A-P-T-E-R-A dot U-S. Steve Fambro, congratulations on all the innovations there, and we wish you the best. Thank you for taking time with us. Thank you.